Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We're going to have some fun today talking to somebody who is a real connector, who really surrounds himself with amazing people. And that sort of sets me up for week 10 of my Tips for Solopreneurs. Those of you who've been listening to the show lately know that I've been starting every episode with one of my 20 tips for solopreneurs, just things I've learned in the six years that I have been working for myself because April 1st actually is six-year anniversary of my becoming a solopreneur. So I have these tips list, and I've been starting every episode with one, and today's is surround yourself with supportive people. It's that easy. It gets so hard sometimes when you work for yourself because it can be lonely, and you're going to run into a lot of naysayers. When I told people I wanted to become a professional speaker and a professional master of ceremonies, a lot of my friends sort of looked at me cockeyed like, yeah, good luck with that, man. And it's funny to me now because I run into people around town and they say things like, wow, you've been doing this for six years and you're keynoting all these really cool conferences. I'm really surprised you made it. Congratulations. And you think, what kind of compliment was that? But on the other side, I was surrounded by people who really did support my dream and help me get there. I have to say that, you know, my wife and my kids, first of all, but I also had a lot of friends who went out of their way to make introductions for me and open doors and give me positive feedback and a little bit of critique here and there on my actual product as a speaker and a master of ceremonies and help me build it up. So if you want to work for yourself, make sure that you surround yourself with people who want to see you succeed. And today's guest, I think, is a master at that. Today, we're going to talk to John Corcoran. And John, so he, he's kind of a business consultant who is also an attorney, but he is so much more than that. John started his career actually working in the Clinton White House and then went on to become a speechwriter for Governor Gray Davis in California. So I guess that uh, the, the Terminator sort of took that job away and uh, when Schwarzenegger came in and beat out Davis in the election. So John went on to start his own law practice. But John is one of the best connectors I have ever encountered. Now, this is actually a huge compliment for me to say, because those of you know, I teach sort of networking skills and human engagement, and I've met some of the great people, the famous people who teach this stuff, and I don't think I've ever encountered anybody who is as good at making connections and as sincere about it as John. So I'm really excited to have him on the show today. Maybe we'll learn a little about, a bit about his business and hopefully a lot about his philosophy of helping others connect and, and helping others succeed. So John, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Tom, thank you so much for having me. That was really high praise. I really appreciate it. It's, it means a lot, especially coming from you. Well, I meant what I said. I've met some of the, the sort of networking gurus that are out there, and a lot of them you know, talk a good story, and they give a lot of great advice, but then when it really comes to following through, they get back to their office, and they get really busy with their own stuff, and nothing ever happens. You and I sort of met online, but then we had a phone conversation, and within three hours, you connected me with some amazing people who didn't just say, oh, thanks for the introduction, John. But they wrote me back and said, if John says I should meet you, then let's have a phone call. And, you know, two or three of these people ended up as guests on my show. A couple of them are people who I'm going to follow up with, you know, for other types of things. So it was just phenomenal that you carry weight with some of the really amazing people and that they said, John says to meet, we're going to meet. So I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. But John, why don't, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do for your business? You told a little bit about my background. I have kind of unusual background. I'm one of the 
you know, rarely people can say they were terminated by the Terminator. <laughs> I worked for one president who was impeached, another one who was who was uh, terminated, who was recalled. So, you know, I've got that on my resume. So, so wait, let's stop there. I'm starting to see a connection. That's right. For that's right. presidents and governors who run into trouble late in their term, is the <laughs> is the, is the common denominator having John working on their team? It may be. It may be. I don't know. I mean, I also worked in the entertainment industry. I was one of the early employees for DreamWorks, and Steven Spielberg seems to be doing okay. So, yeah, well, then that's fortunately. good. Good. You're redeemed. Yeah. You're redeemed, John. I'm redeemed. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was a little shaky there early in my career, though. So. Uh, but now I'm an entrepreneur, and now I run my own business. I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. I kind of have two sides to my business right now. There are two things that I do. One, I'm an attorney. I'm a practicing attorney. I work with primarily entrepreneurs and small business owners, and I love doing that. And then I'm also an entrepreneur myself, and I run a blog and podcast called Smart Business Revolution, where I talk about relationship building, I talk about connecting, I talk about how to turn your relationships into revenue. You certainly do a great job with that. So what led you, I mean, you worked for, you worked for gov- the government, and you worked in the entertainment industry, but you had a law degree. What really made you go out and hang out your own shingle instead of going to work for a firm or going into some other type of corporate business? Oh, man, I, I never really fit in the firm environment. And so it was something I always wanted to do. It was, you know, working for myself was something I always wanted to do. But I, you know, sometimes you get opportunities in your career and you just kind of follow them. And early on, doors opened for me in government and entertainment industry. And so I just kind of followed them. And it, it took me a while to get to the point of starting my own business. And it's been about three years now since I started my own business. And I love it now. I love I love doing it. Although, as you say, you, you know, it, it can be it can be lonely. You can have people who, who doubt you. It's usually the people who haven't done it who doubt that you can do it. So just to follow up on your tip at the beginning of the show, I would say when you're thinking about doing something new, only take advice from people who have done it. And you've got to be selective about other people who offer you advice because there will be no end of people giving you advice. When I started my, you know, my own firm, it was about three years ago, and people were saying, oh, really? Oh, wow, right now? Wow, that's really brave. Even if it's kind of a subtle thing, that's really brave in this economic climate, and it's kind of a subtle thing. It's like, oh, really? What Should I? Wow, should I be thinking, should I really be doing this? But you really have to listen to people who've done it, because those are the people who say, yes, you can do it. John, that is, that is really good advice, and I think we could just end the podcast now. We're five minutes in. Everybody, you've got your nugget. You know, what you just said about taking advice from people who've done it, this is something I think we gloss over far too often, is there's a lot of people out there who want to be coaches and consultants who go out and, you know, charge large amounts of money to tell people what to do, or they're not even charging. They're just running around giving their unsolicited opinion who haven't done it. We see this in the speaking business all the time. People like host seminars on how to become, you know, a $100,000 a year or a $40,000 a speech speaker. And they themselves don't do it. Or if they did, it was 20 years ago in a different business climate. And so I always believe that if you're going to take advice, take advice from people who are out there in the trenches. And so I'm really glad you bring that up. Yeah. And the hard part is you're going to get this advice from family members and friends and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of, I kind of smile, I take it in and I just stop there. And I just know that that's not the advice I'm going to take. You know, I'm polite about it. Yeah. And because, we all should, you always should be polite. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you, there's, there's not going to, you can't say, well, you're wrong or you can't get into an argument about it or try and persuade them otherwise because you're probably not going to. It's just not worth the breath. 
No, I think that's great. So you've been doing this now full time on your own for three years. What is it that you absolutely love? You know, it's funny. Um, I was I worked with a coach a number of years ago, and we were talking about different things that I really enjoy doing. And one of the most probably the the time I'm the happiest is just engaging in great conversation with people who are intelligent, who get it, and changing you know swapping stories back and forth. And I think that's one thing that you and I connected over is when we first started chatting. We we're both that kind of person where I tell a story, then you tell a story, then that makes me think of a story, then I tell a story, then you tell a story. <laughs> it's back and forth. You know, and I love that so much. And you know, like do it over a beer and I'm sold. You know, I'm completely done. <laughs> well I was gonna I was gonna say that, that that sort of, you know, you and I talked on the phone and we both had a time time constraint. If I had been in San Francisco and we'd met at a bar, it could have been one of those nights where you're like, uh oh honey, I meant to be home at seven <laughs> exactly. and it's ten thirty, but he talked too much. Exactly. So, you know, minus the beer podcasting is as close as it gets to it. You know, I, I like that a lot. But then I also like other things too. I mean, I, I love writing. I've always been a writer. That's always been core to what I do. So I enjoy that as well. So I like a combination of, of different things. And I think I was drawn to, there's a variety of business reasons why I was drawn to diversifying my business away from just practicing law and doing some other things as well, including blogging and podcasting. But from a personal satisfaction standpoint, I just enjoy sharing wisdom, sharing advice to other people. I, I enjoy getting the positive feedback from people who, who read something I've written or listen to on my podcast and who enjoy it. And then I enjoy the actual process of doing it as well. So is there anything you don't love about working for yourself? <laughs> yeah, I was just having a conversation a couple of minutes ago about this. Taxes. Taxes, <laughs> that's for sure. Don't enjoy doing taxes. I mean, I've... I've been fortunate that I've been moving to a point where I've been getting more and more of the stuff that I don't enjoy off of my plate and been able to be more selective about the legal clients that I take on, which has been really nice. You know, I do outsource a lot of the stuff that I don't enjoy doing, like post-production on my podcast or just formatting articles that I write and submitting them to different places that I write for, like Forbes or Huffington Post or Psychology Today or something like that. Those types of things I've been able to outsource. So if somebody is listening and they really have this desire to go to work for themselves, maybe maybe they want to be a solopreneur, maybe they want to start some other side, side of company, what pieces of advice do you have for people who say, I want to do, I want to do my own thing, I want to carve my own path, but I was brought up to go into a law firm or go corporate? What do you tell them to do? Well, one of the biggest pieces is um, you have to, it has to be external, not internal. And what I mean by that is um, you need to listen to what the other market, the, uh, the outside market is interested in getting from you rather than you having this internal thing like, oh, man, I'm the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. So I'm going to create these, star, these intricate Star Wars dioramas that I'm going to sell for $3,000 a piece. And then you spend a bunch of time developing them and then no one wants to buy it. Whereas there's probably something that you're really good at that your friends think of you for, that your associates think of you for, that they would pay good money for to have your coaching services or consulting services in whatever area or maybe a particular product that you like making. I think of, I've got a friend who was talking for a long time. She's a stay-at-home mom and she was talking about starting a tech startup that was kind of complicated, would require a bunch of outsourcing, a bunch of work. And before she did it, she wanted to bring on venture capital. Okay. So she's a stay at home mom. She, wanted, she didn't have any experience in this area. She wanted to go out and get VCs to invest in her idea before she would create it. Never mind the fact that it really wasn't something that needed to be created. <laughs> um, and who knows if the market would have bought it or not. But at the same time, she was an excellent cook, excellent cook. All her friends know this. 
All her associates know this. That was a case of someone who was following what she wanted to do internally instead of following what the market wants her to do. So I think oftentimes people make that mistake. We can get a whole longer discussion about what you're passionate about and everything, but I see people making that mistake all the time. So, but how do people know? How do you find out if, if what you're, you know, what you're doing, what your, your people like come, come to you for advice, how do people know if that's really a business? There's a great tool my friend Dory Clark has in her book, Reinventing You, and it's called the, uh, I think she calls it the internal focus group or the personal focus group, where literally you bribe your friends one evening to come over to your house with wine and cheese or something like that. Come over to your house and then you have someone who serves it like a proctor and they do a focus group on you. And the proctor asks questions about you. You can't talk. You can just sit there and take notes on your notepad and listen to it. And they ask questions about your strengths maybe some of your weaknesses, what you should be focusing on. And that is a, a great tool that a lot of people don't take advantage of. I mean, other than that, you can also just talk to people, have conversations about, but hey, what do, you, what do you see as my strengths? You can send an email to all your friends, say, what do you see as my strengths? What do you think I should focus on? Those are a couple of tools. No, I think that that's all great. So I want to shift gears here a little bit and ask you a couple questions because you really are great at making connections. And some of the people who you count amongst your friends are some really amazing people who are doing really, you know, cool things as, as writers and as consultants and as business people. And, you know, some of them are even famous and or at least, you know, sort of famous. So, you know, how, first of all, do you go about developing this close level of relationships with people? And then I want to follow on and talk about how you make introductions. There's a long answer to that and there's a short answer. The, but the, I guess the medium-sized answer is, one, you have to be very deliberate and intentional about the types of people that you want to build a relationship with. And this is where a lot of people make a mistake. They don't take the time to think through what types of people they want to build relationships with. And some of them might be in their existing network, like they know them already, but they just need to deepen their relationship. Some might be one degree removed, and some might be a couple of degrees removed. But a lot of times people don't think that through. So they might be in a job right now, but that's not really what they want to do. Or they have a couple different business ideas, and so there's a lot of different types of people they could be connecting with. So one, I think it takes clarity. You need to be very clear about the types of people you want to build a relationship with. And then you can start at home. Start with the people that you have an existing relationship with and deepen that relationship over time. And then as far as other people go, you know, there's a lot of different tools out there these days. The, podcasting is an excellent one. Doing an interview is an excellent one. Um, there's, a, there's a book that I read a couple of years ago, I had an idea of, of giving someone an award. Like if you belong to an organization, you admire someone, you'd like to give that person an award. Give them an award. That's in a way to uh, meet them and, and get to know them. Going to conferences to meet people. Purchasing a product from someone is another way to get to know them. Just sending them an email that says, I admire what you do. I, I just wanted to let you know that. I really appreciate what you do. There's so many different ways that you can do it. But then, of course, after that, you have to deepen and continue the relationship by providing value to that person. In, and there's a lot of different ways you can do that. So let's talk about a couple of ways you can provide value. Let's talk about how do you build a relationship deeper? Because I think a lot of people think, I know that person, but, but I don't know them well enough. And you know, how, do I, how do I get to that next step? Well, often it does start with learning more about the person. So you know, actually taking the time to do some research about them. And a lot of this stuff is out there, right? I mean, we have these tools available at our fingertips that we didn't that long ago. Social media, we've got websites, we've got blogs. Um, you know, we've got LinkedIn, we've got all these different tools. So you can actually go and research someone, learn something more about them. You might find that you two are both incredibly passionate about soccer, you know, and, and so that's something you can bond over. Or maybe you're both huge Dallas Cowboys fans, so you can engage in a conversation about that. 
learning as much as you can about the person is is a good start. Well, and I've found that nowadays, you know, a lot of people, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people have podcasts. You know, if you really want to get to know sort of them as a person, listen to their show and not just once, listen to several shows because, you know, you can learn a lot about the host by the way they interview people too. So, you know, that's kind of how I kind of got to know you is, is I kind of ran across you and we talked and then I listened to like five of your episodes and it was like, oh, now I feel like I really know, you know, who he is at the core. And I think that makes it easier to advance that relationship if you actually are gaining that knowledge. But so many people want to take a shortcut, don't you think? Yeah, they do. That's right. They don't want to put in that actual effort that they have to in order to build, you know, to get to know someone. And then it becomes surface level or it becomes you end up talking about yourself because you don't know enough about the other person, right? So you need to know enough about the other person in order to be able to provide some kind of value to them. Another way of deepening that relationship that I'm a big fan of is introductions. And it does, you actually do need to know what the other person, what types of introductions the person needs. You know, it could be they're, they're releasing a book, they have a new business coming out or something like that. So you can introduce them to other people who can help to promote that book, help to promote that new business that's coming out. Um, or maybe they're hiring someone in their company. They need to hire a certain type of person. You can go out to your network and see if there's anyone of this particular type of person that you can introduce them to. So I do want to come back to introductions in just a second. But one thing I want to add, you know, one of the things I did a couple of years ago is I started a thing on my blog called Cool Things My Friends Do, where I started writing a weekly post about the cool things my friends did. And the reason was I kind of got bored of my own blog because all I did was talk about myself and my own pontifications. And, you know, I just didn't think anybody cared all that much after three years or whatever it had been. And so one day, one of my friends had done a TEDx talk. And I thought, wow, that's cool. I know people who did this before everybody did a TEDx talk. But I thought, how cool. So I wrote about it. And I didn't know what to title it. So I titled it Cool Things My Friends Do. I started every week doing it. And what I found is not with everybody, but with certain people, when I would write about the cool thing that they were doing, they would follow up to me, you know, and it would help build that friendship. The fact that I talked about them in a public way and put it out there, it gave them something they could forward and say, oh, my friend wrote this about me. But then it helped build our friendship a little bit more. And I didn't do it for that as my purpose. But by talking up other people, that's another way to get closer to them is because we I think we live in a world where people just talk about themselves too much and I'm guilty of it. So when you talk up other people, I think they notice you more because it's so rare. That's right. And um, that's an amazing strategy. And it's what's amazing is that it's not a new strategy. It's actually something that's been around for a long time. You pick up any local newspaper, some local community, these local newspapers are smart. They put as many names of the local residents into their papers as possible because you, you know what that's like. You pick up your local paper and you see your picture in there, your name or something like that, even if it's in an article. And you're like, hey, that feels pretty good. Well, you can apply that to modern day media. You can put it on your own blog. You can put it on your own podcast. You can put it on someone else's blog. You know, sharing someone else's success or their product that they're doing, giving them a little bit of publicity is an amazing tool. I, I say, I mean, I'm on a mission to kill the informational interview. You know, people ask for an informational interview. They say, hey, will you come down and meet me at a Starbucks halfway across town for 45 minutes so I can pick your brain about, you know, all these questions that I have about my career? Well, that's a horrible strategy and no one wants to do it. And it's very difficult to get people to do it. If you turn it around and you just ask if you can give that person some publicity by interviewing them for a half an hour over the phone or Skype or something like that, or maybe even in person, and then using it to publicize them in the course of a, a podcast, a blog, an article, whatever. So many different ways you can do it. Even like uploading something to YouTube. You, you don't even need, need to have your own blog. But up to uploading something to YouTube, 
you're giving them publicity rather than taking from them. While at the same time, you're actually probably asking similar questions to what you'd be asking if you're doing an informational interview. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a very good point. So now I want to dive into this whole introduction thing because you're the best at it I've ever seen. Have you ever run into situations where you introduce people and the person being introduced is like, go away, kid, you bother me. I don't introduce people to me because I know some people are scared to make introductions. Like I talk to people all the time because I'm pretty good at this. And, you know, I introduce people and other people, I'll be like, hey, you know, so-and-so, can you introduce me? They're like, well, I really don't know them that well, or I'm not comfortable, or what do you need to know that person for? And I find that a lot of people are really skittish about making introductions. So do you ever find when you, and I think they're just scared the other person's going to say, go away. So do you ever find that where you reach out and someone says, John, don't send that person to me? Yeah, I, I think that there is a danger in that. And, um, you know, there's there's two ways you could go about it. You could wait to ask, you know, kind of double permission first, ask both sides. I'd like to introduce you to so-and-so. This is why I think it'd be valuable. Do you want me to make that introduction? I do that depending on the person, especially the more busy the person is, the more successful they are, the more I know that they have a lot of people coming at them with different opportunities. And so I know that it's more important to ask first. Sometimes, like I'll say, I'll send an email to someone. I'll say, like, these are three people that I'd like to introduce you to, especially if someone's really busy. These are three people. I think they might be valuable for X, Y, and Z reasons. Would you like me to introduce you to any of those? A lot of times they'll say one to, you know, yes to one or two of them because they, you know, the, the, the other connection. ones maybe are not. Yeah. Yeah. The other ones are not a good connection or whatever. Other times, if I know the person really well, they're not as busy as other people, I'll just go ahead and make the introduction. Um, and honestly, I do that because I do a lot of introductions. In fact, I just wrapped up a challenge to myself to make 100 introductions in 30 days. I'm writing an article about that challenge to myself. How did that um, go? It was exhausting, to be quite honest. I wouldn't recommend doing it. Um, I'd recommend a lower pace. Part of the reason I did it, though, is to show other people that it's possible. I mean, you can do three in a week, or you can do one in a week. If you do one in a week at the end of the year, you've made 52 introductions. That's 100 and... I'm really bad at math. Four. 104 people. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> 104 people that you've introduced, right? Or, or there might be some overlaps, so maybe fewer than 100. Sure. Uh, but, you know, 52 introductions anyway. So, And then what I found in my own testing is that w the more you introduce, the more introductions you get back. So I don't actually ask people for a direct introduction to someone else in particular all that often. But I find that if you're clear on your intentions, if people know what you're up to, if they know what types of people you want to meet, then you'll start getting better types of people introduced to you. You'll just get, you'll start getting a lot more people coming back and making introductions for you. Well, and what I found is, is that I'm pretty pointed. I don't make introductions that I don't think make sense. And so usually when I say, hey, I'd like to introduce you to John, the person says, of course, I want to meet John because I'm very, I'm very cautious about it. But I, I just find that other people don't do it. I mean, I think that, you know, you and myself and a handful of other people who I know, you know, today I got an introduction to somebody who is another professional speaker and she talked to what appeared to be, you know, a potential client for herself. And in the conversation, they talked about needing a professional MC and also wanted wanting better networking at their event. And she was like, oh, well, my friend is the conference catalyst, and that's what he does. He's a master of ceremonies who makes your event more engaging. And she sent this introduction to somebody she was trying, I think, to get work with. 
And before she had the contract, she introduced the person to me because it was the right thing to do. And that's another person who I find to be one of the best givers that are out there, much like yourself, but also one of the most successful people like yourself at building really strong relationships. So I think there's a correlation to the more you give, the more you get when it comes to relationships. Well, and I think, you know, there's some people who are nervous about that, particularly if they're trying to land a potential client. They're thinking, well, why would I want to introduce a competitor before I've landed the client, landed a client. I found that when you do that, you actually show incredible confidence. And so that potential client's like, wow, if this person is introducing me to a competitor before they've even landed me as a client, that shows that they've they're very successful in their own right and they want to make sure that it's the right fit. Right. And I think it shows when you do that, it shows that my goal as a vendor to you is that you get the best thing possible. Because what I've found in my business is Very often, I am the right fit for what the client needs, but sometimes I'm not the right fit. And as soon as I recognize that, I want to make introductions to who I know is the right fit because I want that client to be successful for two reasons. One is I just want people to succeed in whatever they're trying to do. It's just part of what I like. But the second thing is if I help them being successful this year, next year when their needs change, they might come right back to me. So I want to be be a resource to everybody. Absolutely, right. And it, it'll just come back in spades when you take that approach, when you go and, and introduce other people. I mean, I'm excited when a potential client comes to me and I don't practice the particular area of law or I'm not the best fit for them. I will say, look, let me, I'll give you a bunch of other names and I'll go out and introduce them to other attorneys because then you know that those other attorneys will repay the favor. So, I mean, you and I are clearly on a mission to help people connect better. So what do we have to do to change the world, John? <laughs> right now, let's let's solve the whole problem of people who are too shy to make, make introductions and too, too shy to help other people succeed first. How do, we, how do we change the world? That's a good question. I think that you have to make it manageable for people. So one of the things that I strive to do on my blog is, is introduce them to tools and, and habit-building techniques that will help them to do these things. Things and to make it part of their habit, as well as to see the benefit of it. I mean, I'm, I'm frankly, I will say, I'm not suggesting that you go out and introduce more people in the world because it'll make the world a better place, although I think it will. I'm saying you do it because it will help grow your income. And that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants more clients, more revenue, more income. And, and if you do that, you will find a huge impact. James Altucher is a podcaster and writer and author and everything. I think he, I heard him say somewhere that he, once he started doing five, it was either five introductions a day or five introductions a week, his business just completely took off. Sir Richard Branson, same thing, has said you need to be out there making connections, building connections with people. And one thing I do want to completely dispel is the myth of the uh, you know independent entrepreneur who goes out there, tinkers in his garage or his woodshed, and then comes up with an amazing product or a business and then unveils it to the world. That's not the way the world works. It's a lot more collaborative than that. No, absolutely. And, and I'm trying to remember the quote, and I don't remember who said it, but it was something like, you know, the more you give, the more selfish you can be. And basically what it was is that when you, when you give to others and, and help others achieve their goals and, and do the stuff, then it's really sort of a, it can be sort of a secret selfish act because you're going to get more back or probably the best person who ever said it in probably a better way than using selfish. The, the best version of that is Zig Ziglar's, you know, you can have anything you want in this world if you just help other people get what they want in this world. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, Zig Ziglar, that's a great quote. And it's it's absolutely true. So, you know, it, it's funny because it's not the most rele- revolutionary idea. I was doing a, 
a, a webinar the other day with someone and he was saying, this is not rocket science. This is not rocket science. <laughs> I wanted to be like, well, you don't want to create something that's so <laughs> complex that no one will do it. But what you do want is you want to talk with people about how they can take these ideas that have been proven to work, but people don't do them and actually do them. Right. Absolutely. So, John, we could talk about you and the great things you're doing all day long. But, and I'm sure that people would love it if we did that. But one of the things that I find is that some of the best entrepreneurs, they're observers. And so I always like to ask my guests, you know, besides what you're doing, what's some cool things that you see another entrepreneur or maybe a couple of entrepreneurs doing where you think, wow, they're, they're really, they're really crushing it. You know, one thing that I think is really exciting right now is the writer slash entrepreneur. And it's probably because of my background as a writer and because I still consider myself a writer. Um, you know, th- there's no question the landscape has changed for people who want to make money off of their art in, in every, every different kind of art, but in particularly in writing. I mean, my father was a freelance writer back in the 1970s. And back then it was like you'd get $100 for writing an article that you submit to a magazine that they publish. And um, that model is completely dead or, or broken, uh, I, I would say now. Now I think the model has, has flipped. It's a lot different. Like I, in particular, will give away my writing for free. I write for Forbes, for Huffington Post. I write for these places for free. What I want is I want people to come back and meet me, get to know me, check out my website and join my email list and then become a part of my community. And then eventually, if they build up trust with me, they might buy something I'm selling or they might buy something else that I recommend that they buy and I get a commission for that. And there's huge scalable potential off of that. And there's some exciting people like, you know, Michael Port and Chris Gillibo uh, and uh, Pat Flynn, Dory Clark that are really writers at their core, but then they recognize that this is a different model. They're not necessarily getting paid directly for their writing. They're doing other innovative things. And so that, I find that really exciting. Sure, absolutely. And then the last question is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because in addition to being observers, I find a lot of entrepreneurs that they want to find a way to leave their mark to help other people. So what are you doing to, to do that? Well, a couple of things. One, I, I feel like uh, you know, writing, blogging, and podcasting is a very selfless act, particularly when you're starting out. Anyone who's listening to this who's, who's got a blog that's starting out, you know that it's a selfless act because <laughs> you're not getting much from it. So you might be trying to inspire the world, but you're not getting paid for that inspiration that you're putting down on paper or with, with podcasting or whatever. And so uh, I really get engaged and inspired by people who, um, who engage with the content that I put out there. And at my core, I mean, my mission is I want to help other people, other entrepreneurs and small business owners who are struggling with relationships to get better at building relationships that matter and that will really help them to grow their business. Um, so that's a big one. And then also just, you know what, it's, as we said, it wasn't rock, it's not rock and science, but you introduce two people who hit it off and you can have an amazing impact. I mean, I've introduced people who've started businesses together, who've done different partnerships together, um, haven't had any marriages yet. But you know, in my- <laughs> I, I actually have one of those. I introduced two people who got married, and they now have three kids. And I think you know, eight years later, they still like each other. So you know, there's there's there marriages go. that come out of being a connector as well. I actually wrote an article about introductions and art of manliness. You can probably Google it. Something like uh, you know how to make introductions and John Corcoran. You can find it in Art of Manliness. 
and uh, that was about introductions. And and I inter- and I interviewed the man who introduced my parents who met on a blind date. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, so you come by it naturally. Your whole existence comes because of introductions. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, I literally wouldn't be here if it weren't for introductions. Well, that, that's a great way to wrap wrap it up. That's actually that's there's probably an article in that somewhere. That's probably a good uh, <laughs> that's probably a good thing for you to talk about later. I think that's good. So, John, yeah. let's say someone listened to the show and they've got to know more about you because they're like, this is the guy. I, I got to get connected with him. How can people find you? I'll set up a, uh, a welcome page for all your listeners. If they go to smartbusinessrevolution.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M slash Tom. Great. All, can, six, um, all six listeners can run over right away <laughs> to smartbusinessrevolution.com slash Tom. That's right. And they, um, I've got a free ebook there that you can download. It's called How to Increase Your Income Today by Building Relationships with Influencers, Even If You Hate Networking, which a lot of us do. Um, or, you know, those of us like you and I, Tom, we appreciate that the, the word has been bastardized by a lot of people. That's exactly. Uh, in fact, that, that's, that's a good final point is networking isn't bad. People have just assigned really bad connotations to networking. Yeah. If you do it the right way, the way we talk about, then you're doing it right. So um, you can check out that free ebook. Excellent. Well, so so they can find you at smartbusinessrevolution.com. That's right. Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you, sir. Happy to be here. Okay. And for everybody who listened, thank you for tuning in to another episode. We'll be back in a couple of days with another guest. So in the meantime, go to the Facebook page uh, under Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, or you can find me on Twitter at Tom Singer, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R, or at Cool Podcast. And uh, let's have let's have a little bit of a dialogue. It's always fun when I get to hear from people. And it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes I get the nicest notes from people who listen to this show. So for those of you who think, I'll send them a note, realize you're going to make my whole day just that much better. So go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at Tom Singer. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.